and welcome to the Shelf Care Interview Podcast. We have a special installment today as part of our Graphic Novels and Libraries Month celebration, which we would have been kicking off at ALA Annual. Since we can't be there in person this year, we're bringing that sweet, sweet graphic novel content to you via your friendly local internet connection. In addition to these podcast interviews, we have more virtual events on the docket for Graphic Novels and Libraries Month, and you can find out about those at www.booklistonline.com webinars. Also, don't miss a supplement to our July issue, Booklist Guide to Graphic Novels and Libraries, which will be live on our website in July and packaged with the July issue of Booklist. In today's installment, we have the pleasure of hearing from Victoria Jameson and Omar Muhammad about their graphic novel, When Stars Are Scattered. Thank you to Penguin Young Readers for sponsoring this shelf care interview. First, I'll tell you a little bit about Victoria. She's the creator of the graphic novels All's Fair in Middle School and Newbery Honor winner Roller Girl. She received her BFA in illustration from the Rhode Island School of Design and worked as a children's book designer before becoming a freelance illustrator. She has also worked as a portrait artist aboard a cruise ship and has lived in Australia, Italy, and Canada. Now she lives in Pennsylvania with her husband and son. Next up, I'll tell you about Omar. Omar Mohammed spent his childhood at the Dadaab camp after his father was killed and he was separated from his mother in Somalia. He devoted everything to taking care of his younger brother, Hassan, and to pursuing his education. He now lives in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, with his wife and five children, and works at a center to help resettle other refugees. He is the founder of Refugee Strong, a nonprofit organization that empowers students living in refugee camps. Thank you very much for being here, Victoria and Omar. I'm really excited to talk to you. Me too. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Sosnes. Okay, so... Victoria, you typically write and illustrate on your own, and Omar, it sounds like from the back matter of the book that you weren't originally planning to turn this into a graphic novel for kids. Can you talk about how this project came about? How did it change, if at all, throughout the process? Yeah, Omar, do you want to start with your story? And you were planning on writing a book before I met you, well before I met you. Since I came to America, I always thought of writing a book and sharing my story with the rest of the world. And the main reason I wanted to do always was I wanted to be the voice for the voiceless. And the voiceless are those refugees who are still in the refugee camp. And I had uh, written about a rough draft of my personal story saved on my computer. And I always was looking for co-author or publisher, something of that sort. And then I met with Victoria Jameson. Yeah, and I sort of came to the project I had been volunteering in Portland, Oregon, where I was living with a local resettlement agency, which just sort of involved meeting new people who were coming to the U.S. And I was paired with a woman from Somalia and her four-year-old daughter. I just did simple things with my son, like we showed them how to ride the bus and get to various appointments. And I was just learning so much about the refugee experience and I was meeting so many people with, with just amazing, heartbreaking stories. And so I was already sort of thinking, well, what could I do as a graphic novelist? How could I put my background to use? And then... I moved to Pennsylvania. I came to Omar's place of work, which is Church World Service, which is a resettlement agency that helps new refugees kind of learn English and find jobs. And one of his coworkers introduced us and she said, Omar is writing a story. He's looking for a co-author. Maybe you two should talk. And so we (laughs) sat down to talk and just what a project together might look like. Omar, I'm curious if working with Victoria changed how you saw your project, the way you originally envisioned it. Yeah, this was something new to me because I wasn't into becoming an author or writing books or graphic novels of of that sort. It wasn't something on my... I had a dream about it, but I thought it was hard, this and that. But when I, once I met with Victoria and she told me she writes a children's book, graphic novel, all this sort, and she told me, she showed me her previous books and that stuff. And then at that time, I was 
I, I trusted her and we just worked together from there. And the outcome was beyond my, my imagination. So it was way better than what I thought. Same for me too. <laughs> so obviously collaboration is like a really unique and, and interesting experience for all creators who work together. And uh, Victoria, I was thinking when I was reading this book about the sort of especially unique circumstances of illustrating somebody else's life story. What were some of the challenges of drawing Omar's memories? I think the biggest challenge is that just it's such a, I was so honored to be part of it. And it's such kind of a sacred task to interpret someone's life story when I, not my life story, they're not my memories. So that was the most important thing for me just to make sure that I was being really just as close to Omar's story and personal life as I could be that I wasn't taking any liberties as an author, which I, I did sometimes. And we had to like rein it in and then we'd talk about what actually happened. So I had to kind of learn along the way, like this isn't my story. It's not a place for my opinions. It was really a place to like sit back and listen and listen really closely and just relay the information as closely as I could. I'm thinking about your style specifically because you have like a pretty distinct style in all of your work. Did you feel like it was challenging to mesh your personal style with a different person's story or did it come together kind of organically? I think the, the visual part came together fairly organically just because I don't really have a choice of sort of like just how my art comes out. And I think maybe that was a challenge. And I know Omar had thought about writing the story as a book for adults. Maybe that goes back to your first question, like how did the project change? I only write for kids. I couldn't write an adult memoir. Like that wasn't something I could do. I'm always interested in kids and specifically 11, 12 year olds, like that middle grade audience. And that's what I was interested in telling, like a story of what it's like to be a kid in a refugee camp. I didn't struggle that much with saving my style with the story because that's what I was interested in. Like, what's it like to live in a refugee camp? So, Omar, can you tell me a little bit about your experience on the other side of this, having your memories translated into pictures from an illustrator? Was there anything that you felt particularly strongly needed to be in Victoria's artwork? In the beginning, because me now knowing what I know now, also seeing the book now, how it came out, it, I feel sometimes bad for Victoria Jameson because I get to do, <laughs> I get to make her to do a lot of work. I just go and she asks me, I tell her, no, this way, this and that and this and that. I really feel bad. I, sometimes I think, oh, can we do this so I give you less work? And it was really, really, for me, I had zero experience. I only knew what I knew, what was my personal story about the WG camp of all, all this time. But she's the one who has been doing the artwork. And the, some of the things that I really wanted to show was those who had influence in my life, like my foster mom mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Susana Martinez, the social worker who helped me, and uh, Tol Salan, my friends. Also, other I, I wanted the, the story all, only to be me, mm. because there's millions uh, stories from refugee from refugees. But we have a lot of common things in our stories, like struggle, fleeing from our home countries. So I wanted to show other people's story within my story. So that's something I really wanted uh, to be included in, in the book, both in the story side and also both in artwork side. Yeah, and you really, you mentioned that, I think, in the experience of Omar, the child in the story, he realizes how much bigger the experience is beyond him. And that's a real illuminating moment for him. That's great. So again, Omar, this is your life story. And obviously there is so much that I'm assuming got left out of this. 
how did you approach paring down your experiences into a story that would fit in the allotted pages that you have? And was there anything that was particularly difficult for you to leave out? Yeah, because, for example, uh, the book, as you may read or so, it is we try to start from our childhood and then skip some of some and then to where when I was about 13 and 14 and then we came to our to our conclusion mm-hmm. there were a lot that left because for example uh, we didn't include what happened to my three sisters before before we fled from uh, from Somalia and there's also other other good friends with also uh, different stories not only Jerry and Ali but we couldn't mention each one of them on in, on the book also, uh, we didn't say much about uh, Fatuma, which was my step uh, mom. We only mentioned her. We don't mention about her husband or her kids. What happened to them? Something of that sort. So I think we did, uh, with the help of Victoria, we were able to highlight what was most important, and I think we did that. Did you end up combining some characters into the group of friends that you had in the camp? I feel like I read that in the author's note in the back. Yeah, there were some characters that were real, but Victoria came up with the, with most of the ideas like Mariam and Nemo, although they were they were similar stories that had been exacted. And coincidentally, they was they were both names uh, girls that were my friends. So yeah, and it was something that was commonly happening in that refugee camp that matched the story of Mariam or the story of Nemo or the story of Ali and Jerry. So yes. So can you tell me a little bit more about your collaborative process on the book? Obviously, Omar, you came with a fully-fledged story, and Victoria, you came with your own background and style and art. Um, what was it like working together to make what we all read now? It was really hard for, for Victoria. For me, I just, in the beginning, you know, I give her the rough draft I have written before. So she has to go over through all that, because and that rough draft was meant for, uh, for adults. And then the next step was I had two full-time jobs too at that time. With that also, with meeting with Victoria, we used all means of communication, text message, Facebook, even she comes to my, uh, when I'm at work or weekends even at, at, at home, at my house, where she asks me follow-up questions. After she, she emails me and I answer all the questions and then she we meet where we specifically go over any detailed question that Victoria may have to under some, then she comes with her artwork where we go over together and see this is how it looks like, this is what I think, this, this and that. So it was really time consuming for her, but for me, it wasn't that much. Well, like you said, you had two full-time jobs, so I mean, I'm so grateful. You know, it's still time that you had to take out and a family at home too. So yeah, we had meetings. And then when it came to doing the artwork, that was something I did, you know, most of the work at home. And then we would meet, you know, every so often and I'd bring new pages to show them. I think during that time, Omar, was when I would text you like 10 times a day. <laughs> so would, one of the hard parts was making sure all the art was correct to that time frame mm-hmm. when Omar and Hassan lived in the camp because the dab has changed so much in the years since they left. So I'd mm-hmm. go in a marketplace from pictures online and I'd have to make sure that they matched what it was like when they were actually living there, not what it looks like today. I think that you touched on this a little bit, Omar, in the back matter to the book, but I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to what you hope readers take away from When Stars Are Scattered. Uh, I hope readers, first of all, it was more about education where I really wanted people to know who those refugees are. 
because we always hear about refugees, refugees coming to America, going to Canada. So I really wanted people to know who those refugees that we always hear from the news, that we always hear from our um, elected officials, who are those refugees? That is one thing I, I wanted people to educate about. And I wanted people to know and understand that those, those refugees, they didn't choose to be a refugees. And no human being wants to be a refugee. The last thing I ever wanted for myself was to grow up in a refugee camp where no, nothing was available to me, no resources, nothing was available to me. So that's one thing I really wanted people to know and understand about who those refugees are. Also, the, the other thing people wanted to learn was one kind thing that you do for a human being, it may have a huge change on his entire life. For example, have asked uh, if uh, Susana Martinez, the social worker with UNHCR, who helped me uh, with school uniform, look that small kind. I was able to go finish my high school and now speak with you in English that I have learned back home and also when I came to America. So you don't know one small thing that you do for a human being, the influence it may have on them. It may be small from your side, but it may change his or her entire life. Mm -hmm. So never never think one small kind act doesn't mean anything to me. It may, it may mean a lot to them. So that's some of the things that I really want the people to take from the book. And for me, one of the things I hope, I hope that after people and kids read the book, they'll check out um, Refugee Strong. That was one of my biggest hopes for the book, that they'll see the important work that Omar is doing now, going back to Dadaab and bringing school supplies to kids who are going to school there. And yeah, I think that was one of my big hopes. When I first started volunteering, it was kind of because I felt like refugee crisis was away and there was nothing I could do here in America. But there's lots you could do in America. I realized you can volunteer in your community. You can do fundraising. You can, um, where Omar works, they always have drives for laptops or backpacks to help new arrivals to the United States kind of get custom to the United States. That's my other hope that kids will realize there's a lot they can do personally to help. That's wonderful. Okay, we are coming up on our last question, which I am obligated to ask because I work for the American Library Association and our listeners are libraries. Um, and librarians love hearing about happy library stories or important library stories. So can you please tell me about a time that libraries or librarians helped you in any way? I'll start because I'm very excited by this question. I was very excited to see it on your list because I spent, <laughs> I'd say, like three quarters of my childhood in a library. We were just always at the library all the time. We were there so often that my mom eventually got hired to work there. Like she didn't have a degree in <laughs> library studies. She just like, you're here all the time anyway. Why don't you just work here? So, so much of my childhood is just wrapped up in the public library doing summer reading programs and when we got into middle school and high school, my mom learned all the gossip around town from the library. Like kids would come in on Saturday and she'd be like, I hear so-and-so is dating so-and-so. I'd be like, Mom, how'd you know that? <laughs> so um, libraries are such a big part of my life. I can't imagine life without them. Uh, for me, even uh, at my time, there was only one library in that, in, that, in that refugee camp. And it was only, nothing was there actually. So we used to go and read the newspapers from local newspaper, something like that. So, but when I came to, to the U.S., that is actually the place I live most of the time, especially my four year, my four year in, in college. I always loved uh, their caring. And also, uh, when even I was struggling sometimes, I never knew how to get uh, to be a membership. And once you go at the front, I always used to reserve rooms from the library. And uh, they were... Uh, very friendly and, and, and wonderful. It also, I didn't have internet. I didn't have computer. I, have, I had nothing. I just came to America. So that is where I used to go all the time to read books and also uh, do something, uh, look out, look up, look out something from 
from computers also online on use internet from from uh, from the libraries imagine uh, uh, now that there is only one small library actually nothing so that's also some of the stuff uh, that I will, uh, my goal is to have uh, also uh, how, how I can improve the refugee strong libraries in, in those refugee camps to maybe at least have one library in every refugee camp instead of having one for three different camps. Yeah, I bet that there are lots of librarians who are listening to this podcast who would have ideas about how to help with that too. Thank you so much, Omar and Victoria, for joining us today. This has been a lovely conversation. The book, When Stars Are Scattered, is fantastic, and uh, you should definitely read it. Um, the artwork is great. Lots of really fantastic colors. The skies in particular are really good in that one. I like it a lot. Can I say real quick, our colorist was Iman Getty, and she was fantastic. Such mm -hmm. a wonderful colorist. She did such a great job with the colors. Yeah, colorists don't get a lot of attention, but they do some really heavy lifting for graphic novels. So thank you for mentioning her. Thanks also to our sponsor, Penguin Young Readers, for making this interview possible. And we'll see you next time.